When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are we supposed to get married? I'm going to just swipe I just want somebody to share my life. I think this relationship is already doomed. Oh! (laughs) You can keep waiting for the fairy tale. Or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've read my advice in the LA Times, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Ooh, we're coming in hot, lovers. Welcome to season nine of Dates and Mates. We have so many amazing guests for you this season. I am unbelievably excited. I can't hardly wait. We're going to be talking later to Laverne Cox and Nicole Byer and Logan Yuri and Tracy McMillan. And we have literally a stacked lineup for all of season nine. But today we are kicking it off real strong with a very fun guest. Drum roll, please. Okay, we don't have a drum roll, but get excited because our first guest of season nine is Nick Vile, star of The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise. He has made quite the name for himself now as a contemporary and very opinionated dating advice guru. So obviously, I had to have him on the show. He's here to talk to us about what you can actually learn about love from watching reality TV shows like The Bachelor and what he learned from being on them. And how to find love on Instagram. But first, what's the haps on the dating scene today? Mm, I have a juicy dating dish, including Team USA, USA, who is really hooking up at the Olympic Village. And cookie jarring is a big toxic dating trend this summer. I'll tell you everything you need to know so you don't get cookie jarred. Then in Dear Demona, I'll answer your questions, including then in Dear Demona, Nick and I will answer questions from you like, his long-distance girlfriend is finally moving in. So who should be paying the mortgage? And he wants to hang out, but has no follow-through. Is there a way to ask him out without sounding desperate? Lovers, this is an action-packed season nine premiere. So let's dish. D's dating dish. Things are heating up in the Olympic Village as we focus in on Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Yes, it's 2021. I know that was weird for me, too. But did you know that the Olympians have special beds in the Olympic Village that they get to sleep on? These are really special because they're made not out of steel or iron or normal things that beds are made out of wood. No, no. They're made out of cardboard. And... There was a big story that went around recently that the reason that they're made out of cardboard is to avoid intimacy among the athletes. There's been a lot of buzz in recent years about athletes hooking up all of these hot, sexy, 
bodies just swarming the Olympic village and they're all charged up with adrenaline and heat and they must be looking to hook up, which let's be real. I don't know how many of these athletes are actually hooking up because what a pressure cooker they're in and what kind of focus do you need to have to be able to compete at the Olympics? Surely they're not going to get thrown off their game just by, you know, a little bit of hot tail down the hall. But if they were, the rumor has it that the Olympic Committee was going to put these beds in place so that it would not happen. Turns out, totally false. Irish gymnast Rees McClenahan debunked the fake news rumor by jumping on one of the beds and posting the video on Twitter. It went totally viral. These beds, even though they're made out of cardboard, they are meant to actually support 441 pounds, a press release from the Olympics said more than two times the average weight of an American man. That's an American man, too. (laughs) But they were designed to be sustainable, but also comfortable. That's why they're there, not to keep these these horny athletes from knocking boots in the Olympic Village. I Honestly, the idea is just so funny to me. Well, you may need a little bit of luck and love if you are the latest victim of cookie jarring. This is a toxic dating trend that is coming back around It's like COVID third wave up in here with cookie jarring. We actually covered this on the show. It originally was uh, a term that hit the scene in 2019. But our friends at Love Island have proved yet again that cookie jarring is not going away. What does it mean? You're wondering. Demona, what does it mean? It means when the person you are falling for is getting to know someone else behind your back, they have another cookie in the jar. They have a backup plan or a security blankie. Maybe you, maybe you are the cookie in the jar. So, okay, what are the signs that you may be getting cookie jarred? If somebody is not available to you, like when you need them, they only have certain weird times that they're available or they may cancel plans at the last minute, or you just feel like mentally they're not there. You're trying to connect with them and you just always feel like their mind is somewhere else. The first thing that you want to do is just just state what you're feeling. Don't try to control it. Don't try to change it. Just say, you know, sometimes it feels like I don't have your f- full attention or I, I'm, I'm getting the sense maybe this is maybe this is out of left field. I could be crazy about this, but it just feels like we're not really connecting right now. And I'm sad about that. Own your feelings. Your feelings are power. Did you know that? Your feelings are power. You don't want to run away from them, because when you run away from them, you hide them, you stuff them, you cookie jar them yourself, you are unable to get your need met because the other person cannot guess what you're actually feeling or that you're on to them. So you first just state the obvious and state how you're feeling, own your feelings. That's all that you have control over. And then see how they respond and how they react. They might have thought they were getting away with something. They might not actually even realize that they had their head in another game or we're kind of hedging their bets uh, because they might have thought maybe you're not that into it. But if you put it all out on the table and then that person still does not show up for you, I got to tell you, we we got to do better. It's 2021. There's all kinds of stuff going around right now, but you need and you deserve to have someone who's going to be committed to you and show up for you if that's what you want. So come on, this is a 2019 dating term. No more of the cookie jarring, no more of the love bombing, no more of the retro shading, 
No more of the negging. I hate the negging. I really hate the negging. You've heard about that on the show before. I won't belabor that point. But let's just let's just date empathetically. Let's date from a place of vulnerability and a place of honesty. And let's just let's just come out of this crazy, crazy year and a half. I don't know, two years. I don't know how long we're going to be in this, but uh, we need to do better as we have learned a lot more about ourselves and about what we need. And we're not going to stand for the cookie jarring anymore. Whew. Clearly, I have big feelings. I'm getting a little hot and bothered. So I'm going to need to take a tiny little break. When I come back, I will have Nick Vile, former Bachelor from The Bachelor, an award-nominated podcast host. He will be with me to talk about all things Bachelor. He will talk about all things Vile Files. And he will give a little bit of advice to you. But first, let me remind you. Did you hear about my major, major coaching giveaway to celebrate the season nine premiere. I really want you to enter. If you've been listening to the show, you want to support the show, you want to get a little something back, check out what you can get at demonahoffman.com slash giveaway. You could win a free 30-day dating playbook. You could win a free first date starter kit. So much more. And it's super simple to enter and to earn extra points by doing a few simple actions. Just go to demonahoffman.com slash giveaway and shoot your shot. We'll put the link in the show notes. All right, don't go anywhere. Nick Viles coming right up. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're back, and I'm here with Nick Vile, who starred in the 21st season of ABC's The Bachelor, and also in Bachelor in Paradise, and also in The Bachelorette. Since The Bachelor, he's become a successful actor, a media personality, and now also host of The Vile Files, a People's Choice Award-nominated podcast. Nick has spent a lot of time in the last six years on TV looking for love. And now that he's finally found it, he's going to tell us how an epic DM slide made it all happen. Please help me give big smooches to Nick Vile. Thank you for being here, Nick. Thanks for having me. Okay, so we're not going to talk the whole time about The Bachelor, but I have to address it because obviously you seem to you seem to like it. You you've done The Bachelorette twice, Bachelor in Paradise. You've been The Bachelor. You talk about it on the Vile Files. So, I have to think you believe in the possibility of finding love on television. Sure, anything's possible. It certainly has worked for a lot of people. I certainly developed connections and fell in love on the show. It didn't work out for me, but that's okay. I mean, you know, it is a TV show and it's usually the advice I give to my audience, you know, when it comes to like my podcast or questions with Nick, I guess you could say it's very anti-Bachelor and that has nothing really to do with the show itself. But when you look at what the show represents, I think there's some nice things, but we often make the mistake of over romanticizing how important our story is or how important it is on how we met. And that often can sometimes cause us to, you know, filter out the wrong people. But at the same time, it's entertaining. And uh, even though it isn't necessarily useful, like, yeah, you know, our society 
whether it's The Bachelor or rom-coms, put a lot of emphasis on the early stages uh, of dating and how we met and the intensity behind it. And we're all kind of suckers for a good story. Yeah, I think that um, quest for the perfect ending often pushes us towards wanting to make things happen. And, you know, obviously it makes a great ending to have a proposal story at the end of The Bachelor, but that's not always the natural, you know, finale for <laughs> for a relationship. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I didn't watch the show when it first started. And I didn't really watch the show until I was on it. But my understanding when the f- show first started, there wasn't necessarily an expectation for a proposal. And then eventually someone did, is my understanding. And then it was, once that kind of happens, you it's like you kind of have to, there is this added pressure. And then the show is like, I guess, I guess it's about getting engaged now. As someone else who that works in television and dating relationship shows, I feel like, like you said, the bar just got completely blown out, <laughs> out of proportion. And then it seems like now everything, it has to be like, we get married right away. Like, you know, married at first sight. Or yeah. like the stakes are just so high. And that's not really what it is in reality. So what I always try to do on this show is to to bring it back to what is the goal for your relationship? And maybe the pacing also is not how you see it in these shows. You have to pace out the relationship, I believe, in slow love. What do you think? If you happen to fall in love fast, great. My whole point is it doesn't mean anything. There's no like added points awarded for like falling in love quicker than another couple, so to speak. When people say, oh, I knew from the beginning they were going to be my wife, or like from the moment, I love at first sight. And, you know, we've been hearing this for years and years and years and years and years of if it means something. And, you know, I'm of the opinion that, like, you might feel love at first sight, but it's not. You know, it's it's excitement at first sight, and you just happen to be lucky enough or that relationship happened to be lucky enough to, to end up turning into love. And people are like, oh, like, well, that doesn't sound romantic. And I'm just like, well, yeah, it's just a matter of perspective. And I think it is kind of crazy just how much emphasis we will put on our initial feeling or how, how great that first date was. And like I said, I think we unfortunately will end up filtering out, you know, some really good people. Yeah, I think it's that connection to the the fairy tale, the love story that we want to tell. I actually, I was talking to a client the other day and she's she's very resistant to online dating. And that's how I met my husband. That's how most of my clients over the last 15 years have met their partners. Yeah. I'm very bullish on online dating, but I know it's not the only way, but you know, she's also, she's so attached to this idea. She's like, that's not how I'm going to meet my man. I don't yeah. want it to work I- out that way. Yeah, I mean, to your person, like, I got news for anyone out there, like, get on board with online dating. It's not going anywhere. And if I had to guess, I don't have any scientific data, but the number one people, number one reason I'm guessing people don't like, they say they don't like online dating is because, like, they just never imagined meeting someone that way. It's the the story. Like, well, I don't want that story to be the story I tell my kids. I don't picture myself falling in love on a dating app. Well, I also didn't picture myself like carrying a phone around in my pocket and 
and being addicted to, you know, a social media platform and looking at pictures of my like friends from high school and their kids and like wondering yeah. what their life is like. Totally. I didn't picture that. I, I, and, don't, I don't think your kids are going to care. They'll be like, hey, thanks for life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she she slid into my DMs. It's not that complicated. I mean, again, it's a visual platform. So let's just be real here. Like if you're physically attracted to them, you are going to be more inclined to respond, right? I guess there's exceptions to that rule if you tell a good joke or something, but nevertheless, like it's a visual platform. And so don't overthink it. You know, less is usually more. If you're a guy sliding into a girl's DM, assume that your competition, other men, you know, if you're heterosexual and pursuing women, pursuing straight women, then assume that most of those guys are are going to lead with something superficial about their looks. So they already know you're attracted to them. You're sliding into their DM on a visual platform. So, you know, mix it up and just like ask a question about their, well, I always tell people to just find a, a picture that isn't over-sexualized that's on their page and ask them a question about something in that picture. Yeah, and the truth is it doesn't matter what you say. I mean, I don't remember what Natalie said the reality is is i looked at her page and i'm like she's a strikingly beautiful woman but like you know with that you're just like uh you know there's still i'm a very cautious guy and and yeah like it you don't really know you know when it comes to dms or certain dating apps you know people there's catfishing situations so you should be careful you should be cautious and but yes i think you just i think if you want to meet people if you're out there dating it's silly to say how you want to meet someone and be unwilling to meet someone in any specific way. It's, I don't understand. Again, unless you're just focused on the story. Now I understand from women's point of view, like it can be overwhelming checking your DMs because I think men are a little bit more aggressive when it comes to DMing than women. But yeah, I think once in a while, just take a peek and see what's there. You'd be surprised. You know, there, there are a lot of folks like on the show, we don't we don't really subscribe to gender norms too much, but there are a lot of people who are still, again, attached to this idea of the man should make the first move. And if I, whether it's a DM slide or, you know, a message on a dating app, if I send the first message, then I'm too aggressive and that then the relationship then won't work out. What do you think about that from the from the male perspective? Well, I'm with you. I think that's all antiquated nonsense. Listen, if you're a woman and you DM a guy and he somehow is turned off by you simply because you asked him out, then this is not your guy. Uh, he's got some shit to work on. But yes, I mean, again, you know, Nally is a very determined person and she sent into my DM. Does she still like certain you know, traditional like forms of chivalry? You know, yes. You know, does she like it when I open the door for her? Does she like it when I walk on the the street side of the road. And of course, and you can have those expectations in a relationship if that matters to you and still be the person who shot the first shot, you know, like it's not everything is mutually exclusive or kind of, you know, binary, like, oh, well, I reached out to him. And all of a sudden, apparently our relationship is going to be one where I'm going to be the caretaker, like, you know, these extremes. So you're just trying to introduce yourself, you know, you're just trying to shoot your shot. And listen, like, the reality is, like, I think women need to because 
there's a lot of conversations going on with the genders and the sexes and and rightfully so and you know men need to be asking more questions of their platonic women friends to understand the things that women have to go through in the dating space but like the tensions are high these days i mean i saw a tiktok of a girl who you know and it went viral right and she was like Men, stop talking to women you don't know. It's weird. And it's just like, if you're a guy who sees that, you're going to be like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not, I'm not, you know what? If she's interested, she'll let me know. And so that's stuff like that's going on. You're going to get less and less men making the first move because they might be, they haven't figured out confidently how to approach someone without like, they don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. So I just think men, women, politely shoot your shot and, and put yourself out there it, it in no way is going to dictate the rest of your relationship especially if you're say a woman who you know has some more traditional kind of points of views on relationship and and wants a guy to do kind of certain traditional things that's great you can still have that you'll figure that out if that's who they are once you go on the first or second or third date you're just trying to let them know you exist. I'm so, so not a traditionalist that I swear, Nick, I did not even know like the walking on the street side. I didn't know that that was a thing until very recently. <laughs> Same. I did not either. My my girlfriend taught me that makes a lot of sense. But now it's, you know, it was one of those things. So she lets she you know. She let me know as a pro. I like this. So I was like, OK, I'll easy enough. <laughs> I can do that. You I know? guess I'll get hit by the car if it veers off the street. Yeah. But. But she let you know what her, I guess I'll say expectations. Maybe that's too heavy of a word. What her, what her, what made her feel safe and taken care of in the relationship. I want to flip the question for you. What kind of things do you think men would be looking for women to do in a relationship to make them also feel like they're, they're being seen and taken care of? Well, yeah, that's I think that's a great question because especially in relationships. I think it's pretty common for men to feel unappreciated or sometimes belittled. Men, you know, a lot, are a lot like puppies. You just they just you just compliment them. You know, don't be afraid to compliment your guy because I think men want to feel like well a lot of women will say I want my guy to be more emotionally available. I want him to be vulnerable. Well, he's not going to be emotionally available and vulnerable if you're constantly kind of critiquing every little thing he does but when man if you just like the littlest things man i love that you do it i don't know what it well why you did the you're really gonna do in the dishes i don't know what the fuck you want it it really <laughs> doesn't matter just compliment them the simplest things and i promise you men will feel safer they will feel more willing to open up i think women need to stop saying that's weird or you're weird I think it can be a very emasculating thing to feel when, it, and I don't think women think anything by it, but like, ew, that's weird. Men don't want to be creepy. They don't want to be weird. And I think some of that language and relationships can have a long-term effect. And listen, it's, it's a challenge. I mean, again, I can go on and on of all the shit men do wrong too, but I think that is one thing that I think if you want to connect with your guy and you want him to feel safe in this relationship, if you just compliment him a lot more, it'll go a long way. That's such great advice and uh, something I try to remember and practice on a daily basis. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will be answering listener questions. Dear Demona, including how do you split the bills with your unemployed girlfriend? And he's ghosting, but not really ghosting. So what do you do? We'll be right back. 
Welcome back. It's time for your favorite segment, Dear Demona. But right now, it's Dear Demona and also Dear Nick. Nick actually has a segment on his podcast called Ask Nick. It's fantastic. He gives great advice, and I'm super excited to have him joining me to answer these questions. You ready, Nick? Yeah, totally. Dear Demona. Demona, help me. Our first question comes to us from a listener named Amani. He says, I've been dating someone long distance since November. We met in person in February, and she's planning to move across country to live with me. We are discussing how much she should contribute to the rent or mortgage if she moves in. Here's the deal, Nick. They say she'll be looking for a job when she arrives, but there's no timetable in terms of when she could get a job, of course. But here's the kicker. She feels she should not have to contribute to the mortgage until she has a ring on her finger. Amani says, I feel she should contribute a portion per month, one third of the mortgage. Nick, what are your thoughts? I think this relationship is already doomed. Oh, (laughs) why? That is a bold statement, sir. I, I think it really comes down to when you have to start, when you have to be like, this is what I think. And the other person's like, well, uh, I disagree. This is what I think. And there's, you know, like, until I'm engaged, that sounds like a non-negotiable for her. And he's like, well, I think you should pay a third. I don't really agree with either of them, you know? And what I mean by that is I think you got to understand the situation. I mean, you know, for me, when Nally moved out, you know, one, it meant a lot to me that she took the initiative to bring up the conversation about, you know, I owned a home, right? So she was just like, I want to be a part of this, you know, household and and relationship. And she brought it up. I thought it was important for me to recognize that it was going to take her time to find a job. And, you know, she was in a unique position where she what she was doing there, she could do here, but still take some time. I also was asking her to like uproot her life and move across the country. So it was like, I, I need to, there's a cost there. You know, there's a cost for her, you know, not only financially, but emotionally and and things like that. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that she wasn't stressing about money because I I knew there were going to be so many other stresses. I mean, stressing about finding a job, stressing about missing your friends and family and things like that. So it's something that we talked about and and worked through. And you, it's one of those things you're going to have to continue to talk about and work through it can change, you know, and obviously you can get comfortable, right? You can like, you're like, hey, don't worry about it right now. But uh, you know, you find a job, right? And then you make some money and you get settled in. And it's kind of like, all right, maybe the dynamic can change where you do contribute a little bit more because you know, now you've been there for six or 12 months, and you have a job and you're making money and like, and it would be super weird to be like, well, we agreed that, you know, until I get a ring, you know, I'm not paying and there's going to be resentment there. So I think you always have to to check in. So the fact that they're having these kind of very hard line non-negotiables right off the bat, I I just think, I don't know if these are two people who are focused on how do I communicate something that I think is going to be right for the relationship and not right right for me. And I think that's the big thing is, you know, if your priority is the relationship, these people are already looking out for themselves more than the relationship. And I I think that's not necessarily Mm. great. Yeah, I will say that the ring on her finger part kind of made my spidey senses go up because that that part felt like it can only breed resentment but like you said she's giving up so much she's giving up her whole life to move across country she 
probably is going to be stressed that she doesn't have a job. And I wouldn't add that additional stress. Plus, like, isn't he already paying the mortgage? I imagine on the place that he's living, if he's living alone, yeah. he can afford it. Why not be a little bit gracious and give her a little bit of a runway? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's amazing what someone else will agree to if you're once you offer up something yourself. Like, once you show that you're willing to make a sacrifice, if you're in a healthy relationship, most people are often like, well, you know what? If you're going to do that, mm -hmm. let me do this, you know? And so, yeah, in a perfect world, I think that's what people should try to do. Bottom line, Nick, long distance relationships. I know you've been in them before and you're, you were in one very recently until she moved in. So they met in November. They've been dating long distance this whole time. Do you think long distance relationships can work long distance or do you have to have a plan to be in the same place and how quickly should that happen? I mean, that can vary. I mean, every situation is different, but yes, long distance can work if there's a plan to make them short distance for the most part, right? And I think it should be sooner than later. I mean, everything's different. Like everyone's different, but once we kind of got in a committed relationship, it was pretty much, all right, I wouldn't have, I would not have gotten in a committed relationship if I didn't think we were on our path to not make it a long distance relationship. And that's just me. That was a personal preference. And I think you just have to decide what's important to you. But I don't know. I think I think relationships are complicated enough that, you know, let's say maybe you dated someone and, and the person you're dating, you know, has to go somewhere for six months for a job or something. And then I think you can get through that and make it work. But if there's no, you know, if you're dating and they're like, I love this city and you're like, I hate that city. I don't see how that works. You know, I think yeah, at some point you have yeah, to be together. I agree together. with you. I agree with you. And I think, I mean, this has been such a weird year with COVID. We've seen a lot of relationships that moved in together very quickly because it's like, well, basically, like we're either bubbled or I can't even see you. <laughs> so might as well go for it. Yeah. Okay. This one comes to us from a listener named Nicole. She says, I dated this guy in 2019 for six months. He got back in touch with me last fall, and we were flirting virtually pretty consistently until January. He initiated every convo. Since January, he's been reaching out periodically on different platforms, DMs, text, and asking me out. Then a couple weeks ago, he liked me on Hinge, which is how we originally met. He talked about how we're very compatible and asked me out again. Here's the problem. He doesn't follow through with plans. The last time he did this was a few weeks ago. He said his family was in town, but he could see me like a week and a half later. Then again, no follow-up. I addressed this and told him I really like him to make a plan because I would enjoy spending time with him. He loved that text, you know, like loved it, reacting. But that's the last I've heard from him, and I want to see him. Is there any move I can make at this point that wouldn't seem pathetic? I think she should just move on. This is a guy who who likes her, and he's just not excited about her. And he probably likes a lot of different women. He certainly has other women in his life he's talking to. Most Yes, tell us. Tell us this the real scoop. Because I think when I say it, Nick, I feel like they don't want to hear it. And we get caught up in that fantasy that we were talking about. So what is the reality of what you think is going on? He's talking to other women. Now he's DMing her on different platforms, liking her again on Hinge. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really all, it doesn't make sense or add up other than he's just like, he's collecting options is what I like to say, you know, and 
you know, he's out there dating, right? And he likes her, but he, you know, he isn't excited about her. And, you know, the question is, is he not excited about her because he doesn't know how to get excited about anyone because he's just over flooded himself with too many options? Or he's just not excited about her. And he never will be. And the only way to figure that out is to, well, and, you know, her problem is, is she's still waiting on, it. he has all the power. And even though she's frustrated, she'll go as far as saying, I'd like you to make a plan, but that's that she's still giving him, she's still basically giving him permission to still have the power. Like, I'd like you to make a plan. You know, I'm here waiting if you do. Yeah, this has gone on for a while. And the only thing she could do is be like, next time he reaches out, you know, not over text. I mean, maybe over text. I don't know. She does. I don't know how often she talks to this guy, but I would just say, hey, listen, it sound, you sound busy with other things. And, you know, we've, I'm not mad. It's cool. But like, you just don't seem excited about me. And that's fine. But like, I don't know what you're doing. And then he'll say some <laughs> bullshit. They always do. And you just got to see if she's already told him what he wants. Right. So you just. You just say, I don't want you. And then he might say some bullshit, but still not make a plan, right? And if you want to give him one more shot, if you tell him you're done, then he, you know, whether it's a plan or not, will say, hey, like, I want to get together with you. And then you have him on an incredibly short leash. And that, like, he needs to, like, be like, hey, I want to get to know you. And, like, trust your gut. You know if a guy is making the effort and making you a priority. You know, when a guy likes someone or when a girl likes someone, like before they wrap up the first date, they're like, when can I see you again? You know, and listen, that doesn't always have to happen for you to end up marrying someone. But I'm just saying, you know, when someone's excited about you and this guy is for her, he needs to start being excited about her for her to stop feeling like she wants to not feel like an idiot. Right. So she needs to hold him accountable for him to be excited about her or she just needs to move on. I think she needs to move on, but if she wants to give it one last ditch effort, that's how you find out. I'm a big fan of like one last effort, but in this case, like they dated, this isn't just a random guy on Hinge. They dated, she said, in 2000, in 2019 for six months. For six months? Oh, for six months. I agree with you, Nick. He's just, he is just benching her and like trying to keep her on the leash so that he can, when he's ready, he can have a fallback option, right? I don't even think he's thinking about if he's ready. I think he's, <laughs> she's an option when he's bored, when he's bored. Good point. But Nicole, here's my question for you. You said you would like to see him because you would enjoy spending time with him. I'm just curious, like what, what do you enjoy about this? Because it sounds like he makes you feel pretty crappy a lot of the time. And he's giving you all of these, you know, back and forth vibes. I don't. Nick, I wouldn't enjoy spending time with somebody like that. Uh, that's a great point, but I think we s often don't actually ask ourselves what exactly do we like about this person, and more specifically, like what do I like about how they make me feel? I think Nicole, if you like force her to like just describe how he makes her feel, that list would be a lot of yeah things that aren't positive. I always say like you know this, she's not in a relationship with this guy, but you know, when you're trying to figure out if someone's worth your time or if you're in a relationship, you're trying to figure out if you should stay, you should make a list of all the things you're hopeful for and then make the list of all the things you're grateful for. Because hope, while great, is an indicator of things you don't have. 
and the things you're grateful for are things that are very clearly important to you that will be hard to find with someone else, right? And I think that helps in so in her situation, like, you know, her list of what she hopes from this guy is probably very long, you know, and, and, and what she's grateful for from this guy, probably nothing, you know? And I think that would be a, a good indicator for her to find, you know, something else. You are so wise and so insightful. That's why we love the Vile Files. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom with us, Nick. It's uh, always fun. I appreciate it. Thank you. We'll put a link in the show notes to the Vile Files, but also make sure you follow Nick on Instagram at Nick, N-I-C-K, Vile, B-I-A-L-L. Ladies, he's taken, so don't go sliding into those DMs. But hopefully this interview inspired you to consider social media as your dating app. I hope you enjoyed episode 372 of Dates and Mates. Don't forget to join the big Dates and Mates giveaway. The contest is now open and you can submit your entries anytime in the next week before we drop our next episode. You have until I turn back into a pumpkin on Monday, August 9th at midnight. So until then, get your points, get your entries and get yourself a chance to win some time and some coaching with me. Until then, I will continue taking your questions. I love to hear from you. I love to answer what's on your mind. And dear Demona, you can reach out to me on any of the socials at Demona Hoffman. You can send me a DM. You can send me a voice memo right there in the phone with any of your questions for the show. Or you can give me a call at 424-246-6255. I hope you enjoyed this super hot season nine premiere. We will be back on Tuesday with Tracy McMillan from the hit own TV show, Family or Fiance. Until then, I wish you happy dating.